Well, for the first four Sundays of Advent, for those of you who are not with us uh, for those, we looked at the last two chapters of the book of Revelation and the promise of Christ's return to set up his eternal kingdom where there will be no more sorrow, sadness, crying, or pain. And then I promised the congregation that we would look at the birth of Christ as it is told to us in the book of Revelation. And so that's what we're doing today. So we're jumping back to Revelation chapter 12. And that's found on page 1,925 of your pew Bibles. And we will read the entire chapter, which is chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. So it begins on 1925, and then very quickly we will turn to 1926. Still hear a few pages leafing, so we'll give it a moment. Hear the word of the Lord. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And the dragon and his angels lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, the woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time, times, and half a time out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with a torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river 
that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come before you again, and we recognize that we need your Spirit to help us understand your Word. And so we ask that you would be so kind to us this Christmas Day, that you would help us to understand this passage, that we might worship you, that our faith might increase, and that our awe and wonder of our great Savior would grow. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today is a day that people across our country and even the world will gather with family, will exchange gifts, eat a meal together. And the truth is, there's so much to enjoy about Christmas, even if you don't believe in God, even if you're not religious. You don't even have to believe in Jesus to enjoy this holiday. In fact, this is a secular national holiday. If Christmas were on a weekday, the banks would be closed. Most people would be taking the day off of work. The message of the media and the movies is that today is a day to celebrate family, warm feelings, and the spirit of Christmas, whatever that means to you. But for those who believe that the God of the universe, who created everything, came to this earth as a baby, and that he was born to a virgin named Mary, who was engaged to a nice carpenter named Joseph, and that he fulfilled the prophecies written about him hundreds of years before in the Old Testament, and that he lived a perfect life of complete obedience in every thought, word, and action, and that he willingly gave his life on a Roman cross to pay the penalty for sins for everyone who believes in him, and then rose again and went back into heaven. And right now he is seated in heaven at the right hand of God in a resurrection body, And that he rules and reigns by the power of his spirit and through the authority of his word contained in all 66 books of the Bible. For everyone who believes that, today is a very different day. Yes, it's okay to celebrate with family and friends. It's even okay to be sappy and sentimental. But we cannot forget that today is first and foremost the day to celebrate that God became one of us, that he took on flesh to defeat sin and death and the devil. And the devil is still alive and well, and he will do anything he can to distract us, to deceive us, and to lie to us so that we can live as if today is mostly about family and presence and sentimental traditions. In our passage this morning, we pull back to see the spiritual reality of life in this world because of what Jesus has done for us by becoming a human being, a baby in a manger. We're told, a great sign appeared in heaven, 
A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Many people are confused by the book of Revelation. That is perfectly understandable. One of the clues to reading this book is to realize that there are cycles in the book that begin with the first coming of Christ and end with him coming again to gather up his people and to judge everyone who does not believe. And the best analogy I've ever heard to explain these different cycles is that of a, of a scene that you see from different camera angles. So if everyone can just picture a, a touchdown pass in your mind and, and imagine they initially show the touchdown pass from the side and you see the quarterback throw the ball to the receiver and he runs in to the end zone. And then they show you a replay of it, but this time they, they pan the camera around to the end zone, and so you see the wide receiver running towards you. And then they show you another camera angle from behind the quarterback. That's what's happening in the book of Revelation. It's the same scene, but the perspective is very different depending on what angle you're looking at it from. And that is the way the book is constructed. And so in chapter 12, we go back to the beginning again. And we see in our passage, there's a woman about to give birth to a child. And this woman is the nation of Israel. It's the Old Testament church. The 12 stars on her head are the 12 tribes of Israel as Joseph saw them in his dream in the book of Genesis. The entire story of the Old Testament is the story of God's people going through the birth pains of bringing Jesus into the world. And John captures all of this history in one sentence with one quick stroke of the pen. And so our story begins on Christmas Day. When the birth pains are over and God's people are represented by the woman who is about to give birth. But John also sees another sign. We're told, then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept away a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. You see, there really was a dragon in the, in the nativity. The seven heads with seven crowns and ten horns are a way of picturing this dragon's power and his influence and his authority in the world. Most scholars think the tail sweeping a third of the stars out of the sky is a reference to the angels that Satan took with him when he first rebelled against God. And there he is, right there in the nativity, standing in front of the woman as she is about to give birth. Because he's always hated God. He's always wanted to destroy him. And this was his chance. God made himself vulnerable by becoming one of us, and a baby at that. The most vulnerable kind of one of us. If you remember the story of Jesus' birth, Mary and Joseph flee Bethlehem because Herod was killing every child under two years old. And the book of Revelation is showing us the spiritual reality behind those historical events. The dragon also tried to destroy Jesus when he was in the desert for 40 years. 
40 days, sorry. The gospel stories are filled with demons and demon possessions. And so as we read the stories of Jesus' life, it's like the spiritual realm was raging as he walked the earth. And John is picturing all of that here for us. But the dragon couldn't destroy him. John goes on. He says, She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. This is Jesus. We know that because John tells us that one day he will rule the nations with an iron scepter, which is just a a staff of iron. This is a reference from Psalm chapter 2. And then Jesus' entire life, his death and resurrection, his return back to heaven, are captured by simply saying he was snatched up to God and to his throne, which means the dragon failed. He had his chance. He even watched as Jesus was crucified. But Jesus rose again and was snatched up to God and to his throne. So, verse 6, the woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. The woman is the church. She is the Old Testament people of God who give birth to Jesus, and she is the New Testament people of God fleeing Satan into the wilderness after Jesus ascends back to heaven. They go into the wilderness to this place prepared for her by God. You see, as much as we are reminded of family and warmth and safety at Christmas, the reality is that Christians are exiles on this earth. We are refugees. We are people who have no home and no country to go to. We are citizens of a kingdom that is not of this world. Is that how we see ourselves? I don't know about you, but especially on Christmas, I tend to feel a little too at home in this world. And so God leads us into the wilderness because the wilderness is a symbol of how dependent we are on God and at the same time how safe we are from the dragon. Like the Israelites in the desert for 40 years between Egypt and the promised land, we live in daily dependence on God for spiritual food and spiritual drink. We don't live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And this 1,260 days is a symbolic number that represents the entire period of Christ's first coming until his second coming. Later in our passage, this will be referred to as time, times, and half a time, or three and a half years. And so the church is pictured as a woman kept safe by God in the wilderness until Jesus returns. And the dragon is a defeated enemy. John goes on. He says, Then a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But the dragon was not strong enough, and he and his angels lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled down to the earth, and his angels with him. You see, before Jesus came to this earth, Satan had access to the throne room of God. If you're familiar with the book of Job, there's this mysterious thing that happens in that book where Satan comes right into God's presence and accuses Job. 
But now, after Jesus was snatched back up to the throne, God's people are covered in the blood of Jesus, and Satan has been thrown down. This is what Jesus meant when he said that he came to bind the strong man so he could plunder his house. In Revelation 20, we're told that an angel seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And a thousand years is just a symbolic number that means a really long time. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. So Satan right now is bound, but he's bound from deceiving the nations. In Luke 10, 18, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And in Colossians 2, the Apostle Paul said, Jesus disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Friends, the dragon cannot accuse you in heaven anymore. He has nothing to accuse you of if you believe in Jesus because all your sins are covered by his blood. And the devil thought he defeated Jesus on the cross, but in fact, Jesus made a spectacle of him. He's now bound. He cannot deceive the nations any longer. He fell from heaven like lightning. This is why, since the time of Christ, the gospel has gone out to every country on the earth. Which is what John means when he goes on to write, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. Christmas means that everyone who trusts in Jesus, everyone who believes this wonderful, true story of a virgin bearing a child who is God in the flesh, who fulfilled Old Testament prophecy, who obeyed every word of God and then died in the place of sinners. Everyone who believes that story can never be accused before God ever again. Every sin, past, present, and future is forgiven and Satan has been hurled down. He's bound from deceiving the nations, but he will still taunt us. He will still try and deceive us. But John says, those who have true faith will triumph. He goes on, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. So believers triumph over him by the word of their testimony, which means our faith. We triumph over him because we believe and because we keep on believing even in the face of death. But wait a minute. Didn't we just say that we were safe out in the wilderness? Yes, we are. We're we're safe, but we're safe from the lies of the devil. As we depend on God and feed on his spiritual food and spiritual drink, we are safe from losing our faith. But the dragon right now is like a wild animal who's been cornered. In some ways, he's more violent than he's ever been. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. He's still a threat. He's still vicious. And since he's been thrown down to the earth and the sea, this is the place 
now where all of his rage is being poured out? As the Apostle Peter tells us, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So the dragon is two things. He's a defeated foe. He's been thrown down. He cannot accuse you anymore. If you believe the true story of Christmas, you will triumph over him by the word of your testimony if you have faith in Jesus Christ. But he's also a devil prowling around looking for someone to devour, which is why John goes on and says, when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. You see, Christmas is both a declaration that the war is over and a reminder that the battle is still raging. It's a reminder that the dragon tried to destroy Jesus and even helped, him on a Roman cro- helped put him on a Roman cross to suffer and die, but that Jesus rose again and is at the right hand of God in heaven praying for you. And at the same time, it's a reminder that we triumph over him by the word of our testimony, by keeping our faith even in the face of death. Our chapter closes this way. We're told the woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness where she would be taken care of for a time, times, and half a time out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with a torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Friends, those who repent of our sins, put our faith in Jesus, who is God in the flesh, risen from the dead, we are given wings like an eagle to fly to the wilderness of God's safety. Even the earth itself will swallow up the lies from the dragon's mouth so that we cannot lose our faith in Jesus. But he's waging war against us. Everyone who keeps God's commands and who will not let go of their faith in him. So take heart, Christian. The war is over, but the dragon is still raging war. You may suffer and die in this life, but Jesus will keep you in the love of God if we are those who triumph by the word of our testimony. In a day like today, that's supposed to be full of family warmth and sentimental moments, even if it is a day of sadness and sorrow, we can know that the dragon cannot touch our faith and that we will triumph over him by the word of our testimony. And if you happen to be here this morning and you have yet to believe this true historical story, today is the day. Simply repent of your sins Put your faith in Jesus who lived and died for everyone who will simply turn to him and receive his mercy and forgiveness. That is why he came, and that is what we are celebrating today. Let's pray. God, you are so gracious to us. You are so kind that you protect us from the 
spiritual realm where the devil is spewing lies from his mouth that come like a torrent of water at us. And that you would even cause the earth to open up and to receive that torrent so that we might be safe from his lies. God, I pray that we would be encouraged this Christmas that you came to this earth, that the historical fact of your birth is one that we can build our lives on by faith in Jesus Christ, that we can look to him in the midst of joy and in the midst of sorrow, and that we can know that one day he will crush Satan with his iron scepter, and that he will set up his everlasting kingdom and that every tear will be wiped away from our faces. There will be no more sadness, sorrow, or pain because you came to this earth as a baby in a manger. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.